1: Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Check out Five Reasons YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. You'll get all of our content. You'll get a notification when the live streams start. Before floor, an hour before every game. Post up 5R as soon as the heat game ends. Also, 5 sports.com. Plenty of new NFL Dolphins draft content up there. Free agency content in addition to the great work that brady hawk does with the takeaways on the heat we do not have a paywall and check out the great sponsors of the five reason sports network this is a returning sponsor we appreciate them a lot of people have benefited from them if you're talking about culture you break wheel fix is the wheel repair refinish and custom wheel specialist offering the big three of all your car wheel needs with over 20 years of experience. The base space right there in North Miami, they repair damaged wheels from curb rash cracks or bends all under one roof with in-house powder coating, machining, and polishing. They also offer new custom wheels and tires from your favorite brands, such as Vasa and Fortiago. I I knew I was going to pronounce that incorrectly. Fuel off-road, just to name a few, they now even offer no credit check financing up to five thousand dollars for a new set of real wheels. Fast turnaround times on all repairs, and even provide loaner wheels in many cases. You Break Wheel Fix, your total automotive wheel solution, located in North Miami, right off of Biscayne Boulevard and Northeast 146th Street. So check out their great work across all social media, Instagram to Facebook. You Break Wheel Fix, or online at youbreakwheelfix.com. Or you can call Mark and his team at 305 748 0112. That's 305 748 0112. You break wheel fix, changing the way you see wheels. And now, tonight's episode.
2: Down to this gang. Yikes. Uh Five on the
0: floor, ride for my dogs. Well, here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle
2: hard, couple scars, wearing rubber frogs. Just like Brooks said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block? Stop one hand. Impact with trust, it's power have the guts. We here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
1: All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's tonight's floor plan. I got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. We do want to mention one thing here. We are creating some exclusive content. Now, you know that this podcast is always going to stay free. The YouTube channel is free. The website is free. We're not going to cut back on anything we do in any of those places. Okay. You will get what you've gotten, but we're going to do a little bit more. Okay. We're going to give you previews of episodes. We're going to post things that we hear, uh, you know, when we have updates on player injuries, instead of just throwing them to Twitter, we'll give you a little bit of hint here on our exclusive subscriber channel, okay? And this thing is gonna be called Off The Floor. We actually launched it today. So check out the Five Reasons Sports Twitter handle. We're gonna be tweeting out the link to it. It's $3.05 per month. You know why that is, Um, but it's a one week trial. So you can test it out a little bit and decide whether you wanna go all in with us. It's 3.05 a month. You do get a discount if you go for the entire year. So there's gonna be a ton of stuff there some of Brady's short videos when Alex and I are at the game, we'll post content from there. Everything. Okay. Is going to be in addition to what we already do over at off the floor. All right, let's get to tonight's episode and we're just going to talk BAM tonight, but we're going to put it in a little bit of a different context because if you watched BAM last night and the recovery on the pick and roll to not only guard the pick and roll ball handler, but then block the shot after the pass, Nobody does the kind of things that Bam Adebayo does and yet it doesn't seem like he's in the conversation for defensive player of the year outside of Heat Twitter and the Miami Heat Twitter account. And Alex, I you know, I found this today. betonline.ag has some odds for defensive player of the year and Bam's not on it. Okay. Now th- this is not like some you know, expert or something like that along those lines. Um, this is this, these are the betters, okay. This is and, and Bam is not even in there is, is at 33 to one, okay. It's Rudy Gobert is is an odds on favorite to win again. This would be his fourth. Giannis, second. Jaron Jackson Jr., third. Draymond Green, who by the way is gonna end up missing more time than Bam, fourth. Mikel Bridges of the Suns, one of the better uh, wing defenders in the league, fifth. Joel Embiid, sixth. And Evan Mobley, a rookie ahead of Bam Adebayo. We're going to go through the numbers, but as you just look at that list, is there anybody that jumps out to you and you're like, there's no way that guy's better than Bam?
2: I mean, that's a hard question because I kind of feel that way about most of that list right there. (laughs) Like there's a lot of guys who got thrown over him there that I, that I'm just kind of surprised by because like, I get the whole games played thing, but we know Draymond is going to be right there when it comes to the voting and where he ends up. And That's And not that I have a a problem with Draymond being there, like he's not a surprising guy at all. But just as an example, whether you talk about games played or actual ability and production on defense, like I think Bam should be over a lot of these guys. I don't know if it's just me being biased or how much we watch Bam versus other guys. But, you know, I think the Heat have been a top 10 defense despite guys being in and out of the lineup but they're able to be the best version of themselves when Bam is there. And I just think anybody who who has watched the heat sees how special uh, Bam is specifically on the defensive end and how like rare and unique it is what he does. Like other guys don't really do what he does. And I think that's kind of the premise for his defensive player of the year candidacy.
1: Now the, the knock against him for the defensive player of the year candidacy for most people will be number of games played. But again, going through this list, A lot of these guys have missed time. Draymond has missed the most time of all of them by far. But as you go through it, look, Rudy Gobert is deserving as a candidate for this. The idea that he's the guaranteed winner every year amuses me because he is a guy, as we've seen, Alex, the teams can play off the floor in the fourth quarter, particularly of playoff games. And this may be a regular season award, but that should matter. Okay. The fact that he's not suited to play certain minutes of the game in a modern NBA should disqualify him in my view from being the odds on favorite every single year for this award. Now, Giannis is probably the most capable of doing, you know, I, I know that Spolster mentioned Draymond yesterday. I think you can throw Giannis into that category. Also the most capable of guarding pretty much anybody on the floor, right? Like Draymond can guard one through five. No question about it. Bam can guard one through five. We saw it last night. I mean, DeRozan kept calling for the switch and regretting it. We've seen Trey young call for the switch and regret it. Um, the only other two guys in the league who do that at that level, because I can't count Anthony Davis because he's never healthy, are, are Giannis and uh, and Draymond. OK, so both of them deserve to be on the list. Now, Jaron Jackson Jr., I will acknowledge that I haven't watched Memphis enough this year. I mean, is he you consider him to be an elite defender at this stage? I mean, is he better than Bam?
2: No, like he's definitely gotten a lot better this season, and I definitely haven't watched enough Grizzlies to give some sort of declarative statement about it either. Like, I just know that a lot of the talk before with Jaron Jackson's uh, defense was more about his theoretical uh, impact, but now it's become real. Like, the Grizzlies are not an elite defense, but they are, like, ranked ninth in in defensive rating, and a lot of that has to do with Jaron Jackson just not being a huge foul machine anymore because that was, like, his problem for all these seasons, even though he he was an elite shooter for a big and could – you know, shoot it off the catch. He wasn't rebounding enough and he uh, was fouling out of the game and, and, you know, just fouling at a high rate. So he wasn't able to, you know, actually stay on the floor and maintain a rhythm defensively. And I think he's kind of he matured from that point and he's just becoming, you know, he's he's into that level now where he's getting closer towards the ceiling. He's starting to go to uh, towards it now. So maybe he could be a candidate down the road. I don't think he's a realistic candidate for this year. And he definitely absolutely should not be above BAM. And I'm a fan of Jaron Jackson Jr.'s game.
1: Then you look at the rest of this list. Mikkel Bridges, you know, is, is, a, is a clear plus defender on a very good defensive team. I, I want to go through, the, you know, this list here in terms of where these teams are in defensive rating. So the Golden State Warriors are first. Draymond is a candidate, but again, he's missed a ton of time. The Celtics don't have anybody on this list, but you can certainly make a case for Marcus Smart being in the, on an all-defensive team uh in consideration for that and also robert williams has solidified their defense on the interior number three is phoenix mckelbridge is probably the best defender on that team um they're they're just sound defensively okay even though they have a couple of guys that may not be great on their own cleveland fourth in defense which is a tremendous transformation i love evan mobley i i don't know that i can put him ahead of bam (laughs) 60 games into his rookie season uh, here, but they are fourth in the league. Dallas has been the single biggest defensive surprise in the league. I, I don't think anybody anticipated they'd be good, this good defensively. We saw what they did against Golden State the other night. They did the same thing against the Heat the other night. They're able to switch with size. They're able to cover up Luka's deficiencies. I mean, Jason Kidd deserves credit for what he's Luca's actually
2: And Luka's actually gotten a little better at D. You know, he's better. not a complete yeah. ghost.
1: Yeah, but, but again, he's not a plus guy. And I mean, you look at Atlanta and you look at Dallas and you've got two guys who, you know, Trey doesn't defend. But Atlanta, even with Capella, can't cover that up. Dallas has managed to cover it up. So I give kid credit. They don't have a candidate here, though. The Heat are sixth in defensive rating, even though they've missed Lowry for extended period of times. So after the break, we're going to talk more about that. They've missed Jimmy for a period of time and they missed Bam for a long period of time. It's remarkable that they're sixth in defensive rating, and they likely would be higher if everybody had been healthy. The Clippers are seventh in defensive rating, and they haven't had Kawhi most of the season. There is no candidate there, though. We mentioned Memphis at eighth. I guess they put Jaron Jackson there. And then you get to Philadelphia at ninth, and they have Embiid on this list, too. Now, Embiid's candidacy for MVP is legitimate. I I don't see him as a Defensive Player of the Year candidate, Alex.
2: Yeah, and I mean, he's a, he's a candidate for that every season. I get it, because when you talk about rim protectors, it's kind of Gobert and, and Embiid. And I think Giannis is not too far behind, but I think th- those are just the two best rim protectors that we have. Um, even though I'll, I'll slightly tip it to Gobert there, just a little bit. But obviously, Embiid just does so many other things better. I think this is not the season for Embiid to win. And look, if Simmons were actually playing throughout that whole ordeal, even if he was upset and absolutely did not want to be there, just his baseline level of defense might have gotten them to to a higher place, uh, and and there and might have him be with the real candidacy right now. But I, I don't think this is the year for him. I think like Mikael Bridges definitely the best Suns defender. It would be weird for him to win Defensive Player of the Year. Not that he isn't a, a really good one. It's just more of like okay, he's the representative for this really good defense where we, ha- we have. we had. Whereas like with Draymond, I feel like I, if it's not Bam. I kind of want it to be Draymond because I I think it's ridiculous that Gobert has three and Draymond only has one. And I think one guy, if you were to pull it, like who's the best defender of, of this generation or this era, this decade, I think Draymond would win that poll. So maybe that's a dumb way to vote, but the fact that the Warriors are the, you know, have been the, the best defense in the league for pretty much this entire season. We know how important Draymond is, whether you're talking about this season or other seasons. And even though they've won without him, I firmly believe that would not replicate over a season that they would be an elite defensive team without Draymond. Like, I just think despite coaching, despite everything, Draymond is kind of generational when it comes to defense. So I I think giving him the award this year would actually make a lot of sense compared to these other guys.
1: Well, you mentioned Draymond being the the premier defender of this era. I I think the only guy who was in competition with him was Kawhi, who obviously hasn't been active now. I think you would say those would be the two guys. And there were, there were years that they competed for the award, but I'm with you. Like, I understand the the desire to give it to a big who gets blocks, okay? And, but to me, Gobert and Embiid aren't even in this conversation. I don't think that they impact the defense as much when it matters as these other guys who are switchable one through five defenders. The game has changed. You have to play out to the three-point line. And there are only three guys on this list who do that, who can go all the way from the three-point line all the way into the interior, okay? And those three guys are Bam, Draymond, and Giannis. That's the list to me. Those are, if I was to say I need a defender to start my team with in the modern NBA, it's Bam, Giannis, and Draymond. Now, Giannis is always going to get the benefit of being the best offensive player of all those. He's the best offensive force, okay? Clearly more so than Draymond. Um, but I'll, I'll just throw this to you. And then after the break, we're going to get into a little bit more again of the Lowry situation, um, Oladipo and, and, and Nets and, uh, and Bucks that games that are coming up. Uh, rank those three. When, when yeah, they're great. at their best, rank those three.
2: So healthy, man, that's actually really tough. Uh, I'm stalling right now because I'm having a hard time. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. ranking it but I think I'm putting Giannis three I think I'm, I'm good with that and I have a lot of respect for Giannis the defender like there's a reason Nakai picks him every year to be defensive player of the year right but honestly b- because of what we're talking about with versatility I'm always going to favor that right I think that's probably why um I end up coming back to Bam and Draymond the most just because they they can do the most things on defense they're the guys who are not only the back line but are constantly rotating all around the court covering up the gaps and The difference is Draymond, I mean, I'm looking at the Heat, and I'm like, P.J. Tucker is really helping with that. Lowry is doing his job. Jimmy's doing his job. You've got Caleb. You've got Gabe. You've got just a bunch of guys who are doing, like, you could not really be asking for more from what they're uh, giving you on defense. Whereas the Warriors, it's like, wow, how have they been the best all season long? Like, they have, like, one center that they play, right? Because they only play Looney, and then I think it's Draymond at the five, and that's about it. Then you've got like, when you look at their perimeter defenders, how many of them do you look at and like, yeah, that guy's a really, a really solid defender. Like they're, this may not be the best analysis, but that's why like, if somebody wants to make the case that it's Draymond over Bam, I get it. The thing is Bam is just so much more athletic. So I think Bam is capable of doing more. I'm just ultimately impressed with the way that Draymond is able to cover up for people and the speed at which he does it. I think that's the real difference where like Bam is more athletic defensively. Draymond kind of processed things quicker.
1: Do you disqualify either of them for playing roughly 55 games? Cause I think that's where they're both going to come in at is playing basically two out of every three games a season. And they've both been really durable players. That's the thing, right? Like th- this is exactly. not necessarily their fault.
2: Like it's it, between the past couple of seasons. It's hard for me to get too down on a guy on guys who really deserve it. If there's not other people who mm. played a lot more games who are on a similar level of deserving. You get what I'm saying? Like, I feel like Bam Bam, and Draymond, to me, are just on a difference here than these other guys. Maybe I'm not giving the, the other guys enough love. Like, there's a lot of other teams who have been elite at defense all season. Like, we mentioned the Celtics, the Suns, the Cavs. Mobley wouldn't be my guy for the Cavs. It would probably be Jared Allen. Like, Mobley mm-hmm. has, hasn't had to be the backline guy. But at the same time, Allen has had Mobley with him. So it's like they really help each other out. The whole thing is, like, any of these elite teams I think have deserving candidates, but I'm always going to say that Bam and Draymond are, are the two best defenders in the league. And I think like these past couple of seasons, it's hard to be down on them for missing game.
1: And with that said, and this is the best nickname I've ever seen for Rudy Gobert that's come in through the uh, Twitterverse. Uh, Baguette Bayumbo is going to win the award for the fourth time. I, th- I think we know that that's going to
2: happen. So No, nah, I don't is- think so.
1: You don't think Gobert's winning?
2: No, no, definitely not. I think the, I think the tide has turned on him. I think the narrative has turned on him. What we're talking about I think is going to be the national narrative. And also the Jazz have just they they haven't been a top ten, top 10 defense all season. Like let, let's make all the jokes about Gobert getting played off in the playoffs. You cannot run drop defense properly if your perimeter defenders are not getting over screens and constantly staying attached. And look, give him some help there cuz that's look, it, Donovan Mitchell does a lot. I love Donovan Mitchell. That's not what he does. So if you're going to have Gobert there, you got to have the right guys to be able to defend at the perimeter, and the Jazz just don't have that. So it's hard for me to blame Gobert sometimes. All of that being said, he's not deserving a defensive player of the year this year.
1: Well, I'll tell you this. You're going against the bookies here because Gobert is a prohibitive favorite everywhere, uh, and Giannis is a distant second. So fighting you- my
2: flag. Gobert's not going to win. I'd be I, shocked I, if he won. That's I, I would like
1: it. to think that, but I I, I I was one of these voters. I know how these voters are, and they default to a name. Uh, you know, they haven't watched all this stuff like you have and like others have, and you know, they're just gonna default to the name, um, and they're, or they're gonna try to justify. Okay, Draymond played this many games. If the Warriors finish strong, that they may give it to him. I, I don't think Bam has any shot. I, I, I appreciate that the Heat have started this campaign a lot earlier than they did last year, because I think if they'd started it earlier, he would have had a better shot but I think it's fallen on deaf ears. I, I've said this repeatedly. There's only one award that the heat really have a chance to win. And that's hero for six man. And if, if you look at that award now, if wow. anybody, no, if, if the, it, you know, Kevin, Kevin love and Kelly Oubre aside. Okay. That, that should be an easy vote. Okay. Tyler hero, but you know, Spolster is not going to win coach of the year. Um, I, I think that if Taylor, if, if Memphis gets in finishes in the top two, there's going to be a lot of buzz for Taylor Jenkins here at the end of the year. Um, and we also know Bickerstaff is in that conversation. I think Kerr has been taken out of the conversation now. Billy Donovan, probably out of the conversation because that team is going to fade. I think Eric finishes top three. I don't think he's going to win it. What
2: if they finish number one? If they just stay at number one, the rest of the season,
1: you know, today was like a test because Sedona was on ESPN as the Miami voice. And you should check him out on, on Zach Lowe's pod. And by the way, I do want to clarify some things for listeners. Cause George said that uh, we gave Nikias, uh Duncan, his platform. We, the was with us, but credit Miami heat beat for that. So I just want to be clear on that. Although I, I appreciate George, uh, mentioning us there on, 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 low post, but he did a ton of, of heat related stuff today. And the attitude of everybody is kind of begrudging. You know, it's just like even, even Zach Lowe said, well, the heat are not really interesting enough for ESPN. And he, and he doesn't mean that from a strategy standpoint, but they don't create enough controversy which is just funny because I thought Jimmy Butler was this bad teammate, but I guess the fact that everybody's learned that he's not, it's not interesting anymore, but I just don't think they're in enough of the national narratives. Even now there's only 20 games left, Alex. It's not like, you know, 30, 40 games into the season. People started to recognize what the heat are doing. Like it, there's only, there's not much time. I, I, I don't think that they can build a narrative for anything, but Tyler, I, I think that's, that's the only one. All right. When we come back though, we are going to talk about the next two games here briefly. Want to tell you about another great sponsor, The five reasons sports network. You got to go sign up for this one. Okay. Because everybody needs internet security. It's called Nord VPN. All right. Online security starts with a click. NordVPN encrypts your internet traffic and hides your IP in virtual location. NordVPN helps protect you against bandwidth throttling from internet providers where ISPs slow down your internet to get you to upgrade. NordVPN allows you to switch your company, excuse me, your country IP address to access Netflix, Disney, Disney Plus, YouTube Premium, and all of those other services in other countries for cheaper prices. NordVPN offers unparalleled browsing, security, and protection from hacking of personal data. So get your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com backslash 5RSN. That's the number 5RSN. You should know that. That's our product code. Or just use the promo code 5RSN on their website to get a discount on your NordVPN plan, one month free additionally, and a bonus gift at checkout. All completely risk-free with NordVPN's 30-day money-back guarantee. So go to nordvpn.com backslash 5RSN, or use the code 5RSN and get yourself protected on the internet. All right, big games coming up here, um, Alex. And the first one in Milwaukee, no Kyle Lowry. I'm not anticipating he'll play on either of the games of these this trip. Um, it's just being listed as personal reasons. Caleb Martin is questionable. I would anticipate that he plays. Victor Oladipo is still in Sioux Falls. We're still anticipating March 7th against Houston as his likely return. Marquise Morris, from everything we've heard, is getting closer, but is still not there yet. With all of that said, what do you anticipate on this particular two-game back-to-back trip?
2: Oh, I'm expecting ultimate competition because it's not only a back-to-back, so it's going to be tough for the Heat, a back-to-back on the road, nevertheless, but we've seen how their offense could be really hit or miss without Kyle Lowry. And that has nothing to do with Gabe because I think he's done an incredible job Every single time he stepped in, like even though he doesn't always drop 20 or whatever he, it was last game, he's had plenty of those moments this season. And when he's not doing that, he's just doing a hell of a job. So outside of like Gabe Vincent being that point guard, when Lowry's not there, the, the offense as a whole has a lot of moments when Kyle wasn't there where it can get ugly. And so the Nets defense isn't exactly one that I think is going to make the, the Heat offense ugly but I wouldn't be surprised if there are stretches during that game that are like that too. Cause it it can just, it it can get that way when Jimmy is your main playmaker and other guys are just not at that level that, that, that Kyle is Um, outside of that. I'm expecting a lot. Like I'm expecting them, their best effort versus the bucks, especially without Kyle, the fact that they're on the road, like we know that they're missing PJ and Brooke. We've repeated that throughout the season. And that's what, you know, the bucks haven't been ranking so highly on, on defense this season. They, they've, Credit to Budenholzer for trying out a lot more things throughout this time and not just sticking to the one thing like like was always his reputation. But they haven't been elite this season. So I think the Heat are going to go at them tomorrow hard. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a close game. And I don't know if they pull it out, but I'm just expecting to see like a, a game where you can kind of gauge how they look versus the Bucs without Lowry. I want to see if they've learned anything from the way that they got beat last season, because it's almost like a rematch, right? Not, not in every way, but the fact that, you know, you don't have that point guard there that's making everything easier for everybody. I want to see how they adjust to that. Now the Brooklyn game, second night of a back-to-back is going to be tough, but versus a way softer defense, like, uh, it just might be a lot easier for them to score. The thing is they might get Durant back that game. Mm. And even if it's his first game back and they don't play him as much as they might on, on another night, like, that's still Kevin Durant at home that you're talking about. And look, there's gonna be funny Heat fans in Brooklyn. I'm I'm always gonna give respect to KD and Giannis. Like so because of that, I think the Heat are just gonna to put together two of their best efforts, knowing that it's gonna take a lot to get a couple of wins here back to back.
1: Well, no, no Simmons still and and uh like and and no Kyrie. So you're right. I mean KD is oh, that's right t- is targeted for Thursday, but it's a home game and Kyrie couldn't play tonight in Toronto, because they have the rule as well. Um, I, I will say this. I, I think that if you're Miami, uh, it, it, it's a little, it's, it's challenging because you don't really want to see Brooklyn in the first round clearly. And so like you keep knocking them down to the eight spot is probably not ideal. Um, I would expect a really good effort in Brooklyn though. And like you said, that is a home game for the heat. That is one of those buildings. We even heard it in MSG, but Barclays center You know, I it's almost like I always felt always felt like Dwayne Wade played for the Nets because every time we went there, it was it was a home game when Dwayne went. It's still that way. Milwaukee is the more challenging game of these two. Obviously, Um, I I think what I want to see against against Milwaukee is is the different ways that they can handle Giannis now. And and I want to see how many bodies they throw against him. Is it going to be mostly Tucker? We obviously know Bam's going to take a run at him. Uh, you know, I think Caleb Martin at times, even though he's slight, I think we'll play him at times. Remember, really Caleb's, playing on him. Caleb's playing some backup four. You may see Deadman on him, um, who I thought, by the way, played very well uh, last night. I it was one of the things that got overlooked a little bit in our in our post game podcast. But but I I think when when you look at their situation with Milwaukee right now, the heater eight and two against four teams that people think you know have, have as good or a better chance to represent the East as they do. Chicago, Milwaukee. Brooklyn, Philadelphia, they're eight and two. They can go to 10 and two. They can secure a tiebreaker against Milwaukee. They've already secured one against Chicago. They could secure one against Brooklyn with another win against Brooklyn. And um, they get Philadelphia in here on Saturday night where they could secure that one. They literally could come out of this week. If they can sweep this week, they will come out of this week with tiebreakers against all of those teams. The only teams that they wouldn't have tiebreakers against are Boston and Cleveland. They're a combined 0 and four and, and respect to both of those teams. But the four that we were saying would be more likely to be challengers to go to the finals, whatever you think of Chicago are those four teams and the heat would have pretty much an immaculate record against them with tiebreakers against all of them. It's a big week. Um, I, I I feel like, even with even without Kyle, the way that Gabe has played, uh, you know, I feel I feel pretty good about the Nets game. The Bucs game will be a little bit more challenging. All right, make sure you check out our Twitter handle, Five Reasons
2: Sports. Wait, Ethan, what's your yeah, prediction?
1: I think they split them. I think they lose in Milwaukee and they win in Chicago. I excuse me, in Brooklyn. All right. And I and I think Saturday becomes the rubber game this week. I I think I think that that Saturday against Philly, you know, we're gonna learn a lot. Um James Harden and Embiid have not had some great moments in in Miami. They both had some struggles in that building and curious to see how things plays out. But I think they, I think they come out of this week with two more wins, but I think the Milwaukee game is likely the one that they drop. All right. Make sure you check out again, our Twitter handle uh, off the floor. You're going to want to subscribe to that. Trust me. We got, we're going to have content coming at you from all directions, all the time beyond what we put on Twitter Check out our sponsors, prizepix.com. Should have mentioned that one. Use code five, 5 Get your initial deposit matched. You want to play the NBA games? That's the way to do it. That's our official daily fantasy partner, nordvpn.com backslash 5RSN for your internet security. And welcome back to the network, youbreakwheelfix.com. Youbreakwheelfix.com. Reach out to Mark and everybody down there. We'll be back tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network